0: Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn.
1: Hello, welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey. I'm your host and joining me are co-host Aubrey Sampson.
2: Hey, Nothing Is Wasted community, we have an incredible episode for you today. I am so excited, Davey, for our guest today.
1: That's right, Shanti Felden. Uh, I don't know if you have, you know, are familiar with some of her work, but she is most known for the book series that she and her husband did together, uh, for men only, for women only. At least that's how I first discovered her years yes, ago. Yes,
2: same with me. Years yep. ago. Kevin and I read those early on in our marriage, super helpful to bring up some good conversation. And now she's got a new devotional out called Find Joy, yes. a devotional journey to unshakable wonder in an uncertain world.
1: Ooh, couldn't think of another title, another book, another devotional, or another interviewee to have that's more appropriate than what we've been going through seriously over the past couple of years. This is so, so great. She's a social researcher, best-selling author, popular speaker. And what I love about, and you're going to find in this conversation, that everything that she talks about with God's word is backed up by um, social research, social uh, studies, science. And science.
2: I, yeah, I love that.
1: Um, and so it's, it's a fantastic conversation. It's always something that really gets my gears going when I see things, threads of truth that happen in the world and how scripture props that up. Because it's like, oh, yeah, this is exactly how God wired things to work. And there's evidence and proof of it, which is so awesome. Isn't that so, so
2: cool? I, I love that too, Davey, because you kind of go, oh, I guess God knew what he was doing all along, <laughs> I guess right? I he did. <laughs> so I guess amazing. he did.
1: Oh, well, before we jump into this interview, we want to ask you to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This certainly helps. We'd love to hear your testimonies. We'd love to hear how you're engaging with the podcast. It also helps for this podcast to climb in the charts so more people get exposed to these incredible stories and these incredible interviewees that we have on here. You're going to want to stick around after this interview because Aubrey and I are going to dissect it. It's going to be be great. I'm excited to talk about this.
2: It's going to be awesome. We're going to talk all things Shanti. We're going to pull out some wisdom. It's going to be great. So stick around for that. And let's go ahead and listen to your conversation, Davey, with Shanti Felton.
1: Shanti, it's so great to have you on the podcast joining me. Thank you.
0: Oh, I'm delighted. Delighted to be here.
1: Well, could you, you know, I mean, I'm familiar with your work and your husband's work. I have been for a while now. I think when I first was stepping into ministry, I was learning of some of the stuff that Just for Men, the Just for for Women book series that you guys were doing together. I believe you came to a church that I was employed at and I was on staff working there and you released all this. So I've been familiar with you for so long, but um, many of our listeners may not be. So I'd love for you to uh, talk to us a little bit about what you guys do where you're at, what is life like right now?
0: Oh, thanks. I, you know, it's been such an interesting ride. I, (laughs) I would never in a million years have expected to end up doing what I'm doing today. I'm, I'm a social researcher. I try to dig out the things that um, matter to help people's relationships and their lives thrive but did not start out that way. Um, most people who study relationships are, you know, psychologists mm-hmm. or or pastors, yeah. right? <laughs> Therapists, and that is not me. Um, I actually started out on Wall Street.
2: Seriously? I was an analyst
0: on Wall Street for a number of years. Yeah, oh, wow. and I had no idea that God was going to be using that, you know, that analytical yep. background mm-hmm. in in a very very different way, and um, and so that's the sort of the starting point behind why I approach everything that I do the way I do, trying to figure out what really matters the most. Yeah.
1: Well, most of what you do is very evidence-based, research-based, and I appreciate that because you're know, you taking uh, some of these universal truths, right? All truth is God's truth. So if it's true, it means God set it up, right? You're taking some of these universal truths and you're looking at it from a different perspective, and you're helping us to see how everything that scripture says really substantiates how things operate. So we get to look at science and go, oh, that's how God made it work, right? And yep. and I love the fact yeah, exactly. that you're bringing those things together and you're doing it in so many different arenas too. Um,
0: well, it, I will tell you, it is so funny being a social scientist who's also a follower mm-hmm. of Jesus. You know, in a field that often people aren't. Right. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Especially today when we're studying things like men and women. You know, we're interacting with a lot of people who who have a very different kind of viewpoint. And it, to me, is just incredible. And we do these massive, you know, nationally representative studies and we spend a gazillion dollars and we get good, you know, really good rigorous data from these very, you know, kind of nationally representative samples. And it's like, huh, look at that. It backs up what the Bible has said all along.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that. I know. I love that. You know, there's like, like there's little, little places where, you know, in Psalm 139, it says that you knit me together in my mother's womb. And I'm like that sounds just like what I studied in science class with the DNA double helix, (laughs) like the knitting. I'm like, isn't that crazy that God, you know, put it in the heart of a psalmist long before this thing was discovered. And that's the kind of stuff that you're able to uncover every single day with the work that you're doing. It's so, so cool. And it's so imperative. I think for us as we're, we're journeying with a bunch of people who are walking through some very difficult times, pain, and suffering and they're looking for truth, some kind of bedrock yeah. to be able to plant their feet on because everything else seems shifty and shaky. And um, that's why I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I'm so excited about this devotional that you released um, called Find Joy. Is that right? Find Joy. And I love the title of that because you sometimes you got to go looking for it, right?
0: Well, the subtitle... It sort of says it all honestly, Mm. which is, make sure I've got the subtitle exactly (laughs) right, but it's a devotional journey because we really wanted it to be a a journey where you actually came to a new place Mm. in the end, but it's to unshakable wonder in an uncertain world. Mm. And that's really what I think is the promise that is so crucial for any of us who are going through pain is to really truly recognize that this is a promise yeah. that God has for us, and that it, it, we are supposed to have that unshakable joy, mm. no matter what our circumstances are. Right. That really is the promise of Jesus. Right.
1: Right. And you know, sometimes it can look like it. That's not possible. You know. I mean, you, especially if you grew up in church, you hear that. Oh, yeah, joy. You can have that unshakable joy, no matter what you're going through. Um, and yet. Many of us come face to face with circumstances, situations, events, trauma, whatever you want to label it as, that causes us to wrestle with that, that reality and 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 causes our faith to go to a deeper place to say, is this really true? Because right now yeah. I'm not feeling or sensing that joy. Can I really have this joy in the midst of this? And you know, you were telling me before we jumped on that the timeline of the release of this devotional for the for the world as a whole, what we've just gone through for the, was very, uh, it was very timely, you know, for lack of a better term, yes. but then also in your own personal life, talk to me about both of those things uh, because you're starting to, to get an even richer um, understanding. <laughs> a whole, of
0: this. New, whole new level That's of right. my understanding of this right. thing that I was just studying and writing. Yeah. I, I am um, did a lot of work because we really want to understand if we're talking about a journey to find joy, mm-hmm no matter what our circumstances are, um, I wanted to understand both what science says and what scripture says. And, oh, by the way, they're the same things. Fancy (laughs) that. Um, But I really did want to dig into that. So we spent all of 2019 Mm. doing that research, looking into that, looking at the studies, looking at the neuroscience, for example, and looking at what the Bible says, which it has a lot to say about this. And we turned the book into our publisher in February, of 2020. <laughs> wow. And in March of 2020, when everything exploded yeah. and everything shut down, and suddenly it was for us, it was like, okay, there was a reason for yeah. this, because the book was going to be coming out in October. Yeah. Um, there was a reason for this. And very personally, mm. I needed to, to really dig into that very early on in the pandemic, because... 40% of our revenue right. is tied to speaking engagements, right. which all went away yep. <laughs> in person events. Yep. And so suddenly I have a staff of six people whose salaries I have to pay. And mm-hmm. Jeff and I have a you know family ministry. We're like, all right, Lord, yep. this is all you, <laughs> this is all <laughs> up to you. Right. How we're going to um. feed the kids. Yep. And, um, and then in December, right after the book was released, right at the very end of the year, a couple of days before Christmas found out total shocker that I have yeah. breast cancer. <laughs> like, whoa (laughs) that i have no family history it was out of the clear blue sky and um thankfully it was caught fairly early but there's been a lot that has come along with that right and um so all right lord one of the one of the main um as anyone who's gone through trauma anyone who's going through hard times can um understand Mm -hmm. we find scientifically that one of the main causes for stress is uncertainty, mm. and so all of a sudden, tons of uncertainty, yep. Yep. and um, so a whole new way of digging into the lessons right. that I learned.
1: Can you can you talk to us a little bit about the the journey that you had to go on when you know here you are, you're writing about all of these truths, these bedrock truths mm-hmm. that you're you're thinking, hey, of course this, yeah, this encourages my own heart, but it encourages everybody else. That's your first yeah. fo- and foremost <laughs> thought. Is, this is for other people, and then all of a sudden. You're struck with two very real, you know, equally uncertain situations. One having to do with your your finances and your, you know, your your career, your ministry. livelihood, yeah. the ministry, all of that, right? Everything you guys have worked for decades to to build, and one having to do with your life. What, yeah. When you get, get confronted with those two things, talk a little bit about your own wrestling there, and and what happened in your own heart.
0: Well, I think, to me, the starting point pretty early on with the finances Mm -hmm. um, is, and this has been a reality in our life for years with this ministry, and so this was just another slight step up in that level of of it, is essentially something I'm sure you've had to deal with as well, and many of your listeners have as well, which is, do I trust God or not? Mm. Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is, do I believe that God is who he says he is? And um, when I was just so, you know, um, I did my graduate work at Harvard and Harvard is not a Christian friendly place. Let's just Mm -hmm. sort of say it that way. It's a difficult place for people of faith. There was a Christian professor. There are a few. um, There was a wonderful Christian professor who teaches a class and I love the way that he confronted his students this way it was a class on i can't remember what how they worded it but it was like the hebrew bible and ancient culture or something Mm, like that and at the very beginning of the class when the students walk in and he introduces himself he says here's my name and up on the right hand corner of the whiteboard is a phrase who do you say that i am Mm. and he doesn't really explain it at the beginning it's just up there who do you say that I am? Yeah. And then he starts to go into early on in the class, the claims of Jesus. You know, what does the Hebrew Bible say? What does the new Testament say? And it really all comes down to that, right? Yeah. It, and that's the, what the course would take people through is realizing that your whole life is wrapped up in your yeah. answer wow. to that question. Wow. Who do you say that I am? Yeah. If Jesus is real, if he is God, and if we can trust him, then and we've given our lives to him then everything that happens here is a in the scheme of things truly about how are we going to live out god's purpose for us not about us and it's also if you think about it it's also kind of a blip (laughs) in the scheme of things Right, right because He's, if he's a good father and he has good stuff waiting for us on the other side, yeah. then it's like, all right, my job is just to be faithful and trust mm-hmm. that he's got a purpose in all of this. And it's wow. my job to try to live it out.
1: Yeah. We try to make this Christian walk so complicated sometimes, but you know, you're know, you right. When, when you boil it all down, it is this very simple confrontation of, do you trust God?
0: Do you yeah. trust him? Well, and it's kind of like, okay, I'll give you an example. So right now, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I have a, not a huge percentage chance, but a 13% chance of the cancer um, coming back and being more serious, mm. right? That's just my statistics. Right. And 13% is not a tiny number, Yeah. right? Yeah. It, for some people listening to this, they're like, oh, wow, you know, I'm in a 75% category right. and I feel ya because I'm grateful Mine is only 13%. Mm. But when you have to deal with that level of, huh, yeah, exactly. uncertainty, then you really do get to the point where you realize that truly this life, there are those questions, those deep questions we have to struggle with. And ultimately, it's not about me. Yeah. Mm. That's really what it comes down to.
1: Wow. How do, how do you come to that place, you know, where you get, you know, that leap where you go, wow, this pain. I mean, as soon as somebody gets a cancer diagnosis or they experience some kind of major horrific tragedy, I found that, you know, my experience as we work with other people, their their focus goes inward very quickly, right? Pain causes mm-hmm. us to boom, all of a sudden go inward and go, oh no. And, and we can tend to make life about us out of pain right yeah especially for if it continues to exaggerate on and there's a this yeah. victim you know even a victimization that begins to happen within or victim mentality begins to happen within us and we can make this thing much bigger than even what it what it really is but you're saying that there is this realization you get to where you go it's not about me how do you make that leap
0: Well, okay, this is, I promise you, this is not a commercial for the devotional.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can talk about the devotional as
0: much as you want. (laughs) (laughs) For me, candidly, all the work that I had done on Find Joy, and what we found, I should explain, that, you know how I said we studied what were the things that science says about how to find joy no matter your circumstances, but what Scripture says, and they were the same things? Yeah. and to me it was about okay if that is really the way that god has created us mm. if he has given us some guideposts for that then heck yeah i want to like actually go on that journey yeah. right i want to figure out how right. to do that you know how do you make it so that it's not about me how do i make it so that it's about finding god's purposes for me during this time yeah. and and really truly being the best witness that I can be in the middle of it, because like you've seen, and probably like a lot of your listeners have seen, when you're going through a hard, hard thing, people are watching. They are watching to see what it is that's carrying you. And something's going to be, you're going to be allowing something to carry you. The question is, what is it? So when I talk about those things that we found there were, there were actually eight. There could have been a lot more, but we kind of consolidated it into these eight big picture categories. It's to me really about practicing one at a time, day to day. What's that next little step? And that's why we did it in devotional form. Because oh, wow. if you write a big nonfiction book, You read it in one sitting or a couple of sittings and you go, wow, that's helpful. But it doesn't necessarily make it easy to change. (laughs) Whereas you do a little bit every day, it does change.
1: Yeah. So you're kind of providing people with a a practical framework in some ways, like here's one step at a time as we move through this. That's amazing. That's amazing. Exactly. Could you give us, you know, without giving away all of it, could you give us um, just a couple of those, these things that you got, you're talking about where science lines up with scripture and how we discover joy and how do we find purpose? Give us a couple of those. What are, what were some of the big discoveries that you made that were like, oh my gosh, this is, um, this is amazing. We've got to share these with others. And then now I've got to start applying this to my own life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like, pointing at me. Well, one of them is probably not going to be a surprise to anybody, but it's one of the really clear kind of neuroscientific findings that there've been a ton of studies about in the sort of scientific community. We don't realize that one of the reasons that we're anxious and stressed, right, about stuff, even when there's stuff very worth being stressed and in pain about, we don't realize that so often we're anxious and stressed because we're focusing on those things that are going to make us anxious and stressed. And and that one of the elements that we found is incredibly important is to shift our thoughts so that we're constantly focusing on those things that are worth gratitude Hmm. that we can be grateful for and practicing that. And it's, it's really interesting. And I'll, and I'll just give you an example. Um, Let's just say that, and this is, not nearly as traumatic as certain things that people are facing, but it, it is like I've gone through periods where I've been really at odds with somebody who I love very much. Somebody yeah. in the family, a friend, somebody who is like life with you and you're very much at odds. And it can it's hard for, for me as a woman to like think about anything else. Right, it's like people right. who are going through a difficult marriage. It's like nothing is right with the world yeah. until that is resolved. And it's interesting that actually in Scripture, in Philippians, there's an example. We kind of don't realize that that's what it is, but there is an example of that exact situation at the beginning of Philippians 4, where Paul takes this big chunk of the letter that he wrote to the church in the city of Philippi, and he talks about this conflict between two women who were like pillars of the church in the city of Philippi, Euodia and syntyche (laughs) And apparently, I don't know who these people were. It was like, pretend it's the women's ministry director and the children's director. I don't know. I'm making this up. (laughs) That's how we go
1: down in modern day. day
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there we go. (laughs) But these women were presumably, probably all, everybody was very close to each other. And these women were not getting along. And there was this apparently this huge conflict and mm. probably broken fellowship and people feeling like they had to take sides and ugh, right? right. And he he he's, Paul spends this time going, church, you need to help these women to get along. And I plead with you women to find a way to restore your fellowship. Mm. And you know how he says to do it? Like the prescription? We totally miss this. And it applies to really anything Mm. that we're kind of all stirred up about, he says two things. He commands us to rejoice Mm. and he says it twice (laughs) for emphasis, (laughs) you know, I'm going to say it again, (laughs) rejoice. And of course, probably the people reading that were like, okay, first of all, what does rejoicing have to do with this situation? And secondly, sort of, dude, have you seen what's going on in the church? Like, there's not a lot to rejoice about. We're persecuted, being thrown to the lions. You're in prison. You're chained to a wall. How do you rejoice in a prison or a difficult marriage Mm -hmm. or when you get a cancer diagnosis or when you lose somebody you love? Like, how do you do that? And he tells us in Philippians 4.8, he says, here's Mm -hmm. the prescription. You think on whatever is lovely. Right. Right. You think on those things that are excellent and worthy of praise rather than the things that are worthy of driving you yeah, crazy. Right. And it, it is astounding what happens in our mind and heart when we will, and I'll give you an example, just happened yesterday. I had to have another painful biopsy. There's all sorts of stuff that comes along with this. And, and I'm like, I was slightly panicky. Yeah you know cuz i don't want more pain i don't right. want more invasive procedures and oh my goodness what happens if it's you know bad and right. all the stuff that comes along with it and i'm as i'm in the process of waiting for this i'm like lord thank you hmm. that i can do this like thank you that there is this modern miracle of medicine that you have set up wow and that we have the, that i have the opportunity to do this rather than being so oppressed Mm. by this. And that is one of the key. It's not the ending point, but it's a key starting point for that. How do you get out of the initial mindset and into a new track?
1: Wow. What an incredible perspective to be able to figure out, okay, right there in this moment where nobody would be like, thank you. And yet... (laughs) You're able to, and I know this is not, you know, I know it's the power of the Holy Spirit flowing it through totally you. It totally is, 100%, to say, not me. <laughs> hey, there are some things that are good and advantageous about this, and yeah. there's some bright side to this. And man, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 25 years ago, we wouldn't yeah. have had the ability to, to walk through. So there's modern medicine that's, thank you, God, for that. That's a whole different yeah. perspective shift right there.
0: Well, it is. And it's something that takes – the reason that we call this element that it is you have to practice gratitude mm. is that it's – it the reason it's command is that it, by definition, doesn't come naturally. You don't need to command yeah. somebody to do something that they just do naturally, right? Mm. The reason it's a command and an instruction is that God knows our brains. Well, I don't know about you. You're probably a better person than me. But for me, <laughs> my brain could go in all sorts of bad directions. <laughs> and and I OK, I have to share another example yes, of do. this that was a this is that's the scriptural. Mm-hmm. Here's the scientific version of that. So neuroscience. Neuroscience. So a number of years ago, a group of doctors in England um, submitted, I think it was England and maybe Israel together, I okay. can't remember, but they submitted, they submitted Botox to kind of the equivalent of our FDA, mm-hmm. these British doctors, because they had noticed, these plastic surgeons had noticed that when their patients got Botox, which, you know, smooths out lines right. and, and wrinkles, in the face, right. for example, they had noticed that these patients had so much better of an emotional outlook. Hmm. And they thought maybe Botox is like an off-label, <laughs> like maybe there's something in the chemi- like, yeah. chemistry of it that is Dropped like an there. antidepressant wow. or something. Yeah. yeah. And so they thought, well, you know, we should submit it because, you know, my, my son has epilepsy. That's another thing. My son has wow. epilepsy. It turns out one of his epilepsy meds has an off-label use as an antidepressant. Go figure. Huh. So they thought maybe Botox did. And so they, they submitted it and they did all the studies and they thought, well, maybe it's not that it makes you feel less depressed. Maybe you feel more pretty <laughs> because you have fewer wrinkles and so you're feeling better. And no, that wasn't it. You know what they discovered that it mm-hmm. was? It, it had nothing to do with being an antidepressant. It turns out Botox paralyzes the frown muscles. Seriously. Seriously. These people couldn't frown.
1: Wow. Well, there are some people that you see and you're like, yep, I absolutely I I can they yes. don't frown. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, well but think, wow. about,
0: think about what happens yes. when you can't make a frowny face, when you can't scrunch up your face and look discontented and wow. look upset and wrinkle your brow. When you can't do that, when these people couldn't frown, they felt less frowny. Wow. And they felt more positive emotions and they felt more gratitude. Literally the action of not being able to have their face make Mm. a frowny expression made them more positive. It's truly just the way that God has wired us. When he commands us to rejoice, he knows what he's talking about because he knows it's going to change how we feel.
1: Wow. Wow. So we can actually put on in some ways the emotion that we would desire to feel yep. and it and we can begin 100%. to feel that lift happen.
0: It Man. it sounds very like weird like yeah. is this even biblical? You know, it right. sounds very like you kind of make your own reality yeah. whatever. No, this is 100% biblical. Mm. When you look at the commands that God has given us to rejoice, and you look at the commands that God has given us to worship, when, yeah. when I look at the works of your hands in the heavens, O oh Lord, and, you know, and the, the worship that flows out of that and the joy that flows out of that, all of those examples that you see throughout the Scripture— are just God's way of saying, lift up your head. You lift up your head. This is your choice to focus on those things that are lovely and excellent or worthy of praise or not. Wow, that's so good.
1: Pain is unavoidable. And yet the primary place I see people get stuck in their pain journey is that they try to avoid addressing it altogether. Recovery starts the moment we choose to take that first step toward wholeness and we lean into the painful emotions. While we believe we have so much to offer as a ministry to help you in your recovery journey, we know there's one area that you need that we don't directly provide, and that is traditional counseling and therapy services. That's why we partner with Faithful Counseling. They are an online worldwide organization that provides virtual counseling from wherever you are. They have licensed therapists who are certified by their state's board to provide traditional mental health counseling from a Christian perspective. You can receive the help you need quickly when you sign up because they match you with a counselor in 24 hours or less. Then you can connect with them anytime via your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. And if your counselor you are matched with isn't a good fit for you, you're able to switch at any time to find someone who better fits your needs. To be clear, Faithful Counseling is not a crisis line, but it can be an incredible resource in your healing journey. It costs $65 per week, and financial aid is available to those who qualify, which you can apply for during the sign-up process. To learn more, go to faithfulcounseling.com slash nothingiswasted. If you sign up through that link only, you'll receive 10% off your first month of counseling for being a part of the Nothing Is Wasted community. Again, that's faithfulcounseling.com slash nothingiswasted. And now, back to our interview. You know, Shanti, there are so many people who are listening to this who at some point have gotten their own cancer diagnosis. Or, or just their, their own Mm -hmm. bad news, you know, a phone call, one phone call can change every single one of our lives right now. Yeah. And, you know, they've just received this. And so they're in this space where there's a lot of questions, a lot of doubt, a lot of, you know, it's, it's difficult for them to think, well, what, like, why would I even want to be happy? Why would I want to try to manipulate my emotions? Like, I just am not seeing how any of this can be good. What what would you say in terms of how to even approach the next day? You know, what would be the next step? I mean, as you as you receive this and you're immediately wrestling through and filing through all of these different um questions and doubts and concerns and what ifs and all of this stuff, you know, what get what got you up the next morning to go, Okay, my feet are planted, my feet are grounded, here's here's what we have to do.
0: Well, part of it is and this is a For me, the breast cancer diagnosis is sort of a next step in having to confront some of these things over the years. Mm. Um, Anyway, like my son's epilepsy. That was a family tragedy that changed everything. Um, And that was when he was in middle school and he's 18 now. And so there's been things that we've seen where, and this is not to make light of anything that any of us are going through. Right. Like your story, Davey. You know, there's there's horrible backstories that some people have yeah. to their pain. And the thing that has I have seen over the years is this heart of our heavenly father, who he's not just a distant father who has like, oh, here's some scientific principles for right. you to find joy. Right. <laughs> like right. It is, it is this good father mm. who, like with me, with my son, when he is struggling with certain things because of his epilepsy that just shred his heart yeah. and he's weeping. And everything in me as his parent wants to be able to take that pain away mm. and wants him to be able to find some light and life yeah. and joy instead. Yeah. And that's the heart of our Father for us. Like, it's to wrap us in His arms and comfort us and weep with us, Mm. but it's also not wanting to leave us there because He's a good Father. And so I guess that's the starting point, is what do you do that next day? It's truly let the Father wrap you in His arms and let Him help you up, because He wants to, right? Not out of callousness or, all right, move along, move yeah, along, <laughs> right. you know, suck it up, but because he's good and he loves yeah, us.
1: That's so good. It kind of goes back to that first question that you were asking is, you know, what do you do with, with Jesus? And I I find that so who many do you people... say that I am? Yeah. yeah. Who do you say that I am? What, what are we going to do with that? And I find so many people s- struggle because they have this idea of who they think they've kind of contrived or constructed this idea of who they think God is many many yeah. different personalities that you just highlighted, right? Some of it's because of some experience they've had with a, an earthly father and they project it onto a heavenly father. And so it, it comes down to actually understanding the character and nature of God and what he desires for you yeah. in this. Not what he's trying to take from you, but what he desires for you in the midst of all of this trauma and all of this pain and this crisis going on around us and in and, and our lives.
0: It is incredibly powerful. Just as a quick note, yeah, it is incredibly powerful. Once we stop wrestling with the, and, and I'm just going to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Once we stop wrestling with the why, why yeah, God would you good. allow this, right? Even though everybody does, because we're human and we're right. going to, and God knows that we're going right. to. But once we... Can to go, you know what, Lord, that is far beyond my understanding. That is, if if you created every star in the heavens and you created every hair on my head and you created every cell in my body in a way such that scientists today still have no clue how it works, yeah. I'm going to have no clue of why, mm. right? Like, that's beyond my understanding. But if I can stop wrestling with that and just trust that you are good as you say you are. Yeah that you say that you have abundant life for me here and you have life for me ever after, if I'm following you, then, okay, what what does that mean for what you have for me today? It really does pretty dramatically change your, your mindset and change your heart.
1: Yeah, that's so good. It's like this why is a necessary thing that we have to go through, but we can't get stuck there, right? Yeah, You know, like God's not intimidated by our why questions. And yet mm-hmm. at the same time, there may not be an explanation or reason that we can fathom in our human yeah. finite state. Um, yep. And so we have to move to those, to those next questions. What, what do you have for me? What do I need to do from here? How should I walk through this um, as opposed to the why? And,
0: and show me your love yeah, in the middle of it. So good. Right. And just sort of, I mean, for me, A big thing in the cancer stuff has been, he's with me in the fire, the, you know, the Daniel story, the concept of, okay, Daniel and his friends, they got thrown into the fiery furnace Mm furnace and they're like, God's going to save us. But even if he doesn't, he's still God. (laughs) And God was with them. And that concept is like, God, I can go through whatever I need to go through if I know that you're with me. Wow.
1: Wow. You know, you, you, you guys have, how many
0: kids do you guys have?
1: We have two. Two. Okay. So you, you received this cancer? Junior in
0: college, junior in high school.
1: Okay. Okay. How do you guys process that as a family? And when you received this cancer diagnosis, what was that like for, you know, because, I mean, you guys are, you and your husband, Jeff, you guys are prolific Christian leaders. I mean, you're helping everybody walk through their, everything that they're going through in their marriages and in their life. And, you know, and so you get, but then there's this reality of like, how do we, walk through this as a family and we're all in different places too with this news and processing it and grieving and trying to figure out what this looks like. Can you talk to me a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. My, our kids, Jeff's and my kids have been really amazing through this. Um, But I know in the quiet of their hearts, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of their own grieving. There's a lot of their own wrestling with fear. Um, one of the things about that anybody who's listening to this, who has had cancer or has had a loved one with ha- that has cancer is that, you know, from the moment that you first get that call or the moment that you first get that diagnosis for <laughs> every season after that, there's a little bit of twitchiness yeah, that comes right. along with like the next biopsy that yeah. has to happen or the next thing that has to happen. And that's, that is hard on the kids mm. as well, because it's this, I want mom to be okay. Yeah. Um, and so like the biopsy that I had yesterday, I probably got four calls from my daughter, I mean, <laughs> the junior, the junior in college, like, are you okay? How are you recovering? You fine? Yeah. Like, have have we learned anything? I'm like, honey, it's going to be a week. Like, yeah. I promise I'll tell you as soon as I know. Wow. <laughs> but, and, and so that's, but again, God's not going to waste that either, right? Like, your nothing is wasted phrases is is it. Like, he's teaching them to trust him too. Um, So I hate that they're having to go through this, but most of all, my heart for them is to follow and trust Jesus. Mm. And if this is the way that he's chosen to have them do that, then I guess the question is, what do I do to help? Rather than make it harder.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's so good. It's like, you know, God has his purposes in each person that's affected by this. Yeah. And those purposes are to grow us into becoming more and more like Jesus and then ultimately helping other people as well. And so how good is it that God would, you know, even the pain that we walk through individually, that other people would be able to, um, I know this sounds weird to say it this way, but Benefit from on the spiritual level mm-hmm. from that as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it, it doesn't sound weird actually, because I think that's the point, right? Mm-hmm. That's what God says in Romans, right. you know, the whole idea of that He'll take something and there's some good that's going to come right. from it in some way. And ultimately, that's <laughs> if we think about it, we dial it all the way back to the only purpose yeah. why we're here. That is the purpose of how does God want to bring people to himself and show his nature and show his love and his majesty and who he is and bring more people to understanding that. Um, And that's really, if we think about it, that's the only thing ultimately Mm -hmm. that matters in the end.
1: I want to go back to what you said about this. um, The fact that, you know, these commands, right? Philippians 4, 8, it's one of these like. Here's a mm-hmm. command because and it's not natural. It's also not a one time thing, right? Because here you're just talking about mm-hmm. every every time you have a doctor's appointment, every time you have a new biopsy, every time there's these fears that begin to, you know, yeah. surface and begin to kind of show themselves, and you're having to reapply those the truths yeah. in your life. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Because a lot of people think like, okay, if I just kind of apply it once, boom, it's this. Clean slate. One here. and done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and that's honestly, I mean, you've nailed the thing that I am currently trying to, uh, I don't know what the right word is. It's not learn because I've learned the right. need for it. I guess apply, yeah, right? Yeah. Like the other day when I found out I had to have this biopsy and I started slightly like, you know, heart racing and slightly like getting teary-eyed, and you know blah. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> why am I having this reaction? Mm. Like, this is this is silly in a way. I mean, it's not, but why is it? And it's like, okay, there's a red flag. It's like God gently going, there's still some work to be done. Yeah. In ongoing trust, right? It's not the one and done. That's right. It's the, you constantly learn it again. And if you think about it, to me, because God knows that we're human, I mean, after all, Jesus walked this life too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he understands this. It's kind of the reason I think that God gave the Israelites manna every day and told them not to store it. Because he wanted them to trust them yeah. that day, mm. trust him the next day, trust him that day, yeah. and not like, okay, good, I'm good for a couple of weeks, right.
2: Right. <laughs> thanks,
0: right. wow. and and prove that he's worthy of the trust, yeah. so that we can trust him more. Mm. I think that there's something about that in those human nature. We're going to have to learn those lessons over and over yeah. again.
1: Yeah, oh, that's so good. So this entire devotional, as you wrote it, and now you're going back and rereading it, you know, I know about the writing process and the it. editing <laughs> process and the, right. And then now you're rereading it from your own personal life and, you know, living it out and trying to apply it to yourself. What would you say would be the, the part of this devotional that has ministered the most to your own heart? Is it interesting that your own writing can minister to yourself? <laughs> you know?
0: No, it really does. I mean, it's Any, like, when I didn't write this, the Holy Spirit yeah. must
1: have written this through me to speak to me, you know?
0: 100%. 100%. Um, probably for me, the, because it's all been, it's been a lot about trust mm-hmm. for me. The, the piece of the puzzle that has the, been the biggest challenge and then I'm having to hold on to constantly one of the elements you know I said there were eight elements to finding joy that we have to sort of practice you know one one or the other each day not because it's really crucial by the way and it's been crucial for me to not try to do it all at once like literally just do a little bit every day the thing that has the most been most helpful to me has been the element that we titled trust with confidence Mm. and it's about that moment by moment, next step, mm. trust in the next step. And the example, one of the examples that just blew me away. I saw this video um, a couple of years ago, an, an evangelist named Ray Vanderland, yeah. mm-hmm. and he was standing on a hillside in Israel. In this old, it's an old video. You can find it on YouTube. I think it's called Green Pastures. Mm. Um, because, you know, we we read Psalm 23, yeah. and we we see this beautiful psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And there's this phrase there that really captures in our mind the way we think life is supposed to yeah. work. Mm-hmm. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And our brains picture... <laughs> this sheep rolling around in like this green lawn where there's like mouthfuls of food everywhere, (laughs) like everything you need provided for in full view. So there's no uncertainty, right? right? There's no worry about how I'm going to have enough provision for the next day or energy for the next day or what's going to happen with the biopsy the next day or whatever. And that's the way we kind of think things should work. And that's what we get in in that imagery. And yet that's not what it means right. and this evangelist was standing on a hillside in this youtube video It blew my mind because you see in the video he shows how these sheep are following some shepherds across a right. hillside and they're on these tracks that run along the hillside and you see them putting their mouths down to eat things and it's this brown right. rocky no greenery anywhere and are they eating rocks? Like what are the sheep eating? And he shows there's a little tiny bit of moisture that sometimes runs over certain Mm. hillsides in the, in the wind and it trickles down these rocks. And if you look super close at the base of some of the rocks, there's a little tuft of green. Mm. And so the shepherds are wise enough to know, okay, well, last night the wind came from here, and so this hillside probably has some of that. And so they lead the sh- the sheep along this hillside, and about every 10, 15 feet, the sheep see a little tuft of grass and, and eat it. And one mouthful by the next mouthful by the next mouthful, by the time they've crossed this massive hillside, through the end of the day, they've eaten enough for that day. Oh. And that that hillside is called a green pasture. Wow. And the the imagery in the psalm that we have is all wrong. Yeah. He makes me, you know, in these green pastures, it's not, I'm going to give you everything yeah. that you need and the certainty in everything in your life. Okay. It's, no, if you follow me, I will lead you step by step along that hillside and there will be enough provision for the next step, whether it's, provision and finances or health or hope yeah. or the ability to endure something difficult with grace, mm. whatever that is that needs to be provided. It's the trust that he will. Yeah. And that has been the biggest, when you say what's meant the most to me, it's been that imagery.
1: Yeah, Wow. That's so good. So good, man. Shanti, this has been just incredible getting to have a a conversation with you about this and about what's going on in your life right now and how this devotional is so applicable to, I know it's applicable to what you're going through right now and you're being ministered to, you know, by it. but so many people who are listening to this are also going to, if they haven't already picked it up, they're going to be ministered uh, to by it. And so we're so grateful for you spending some time with us. Where can we follow what you're doing? Uh, Where can we pick up this devotional? I um, want to make sure we point everybody to it.
0: You're sweet. Well, the name of the devotional is Find Joy, and you can get it on Amazon, or I think it's in bookstores to the degree that bookstores still exist. in <laughs> <and> bookstores <laughs> as well. <Yeah. laughs> um, but if you're interested in following what I'm doing, sign up for my blog on shanti.com. That's mm-hmm. my website, s-h-a-u-n-t-i.com, because we have a lot of things that we're processing through now with all of this. Yeah. And um, a lot of help for relationships in this and our mindset. So that's great. Uh, a lot of the blogs that I've written recently have been dealing with what I've been learning here. Mm,
1: that's awesome. We'll make sure to put that on our show notes and on this particular podcast page. And Shanti, we're so grateful for the time that you um, have given us and um, we're going to be, we're praying with you. Um, in fact, before we get off, for sure. I want to pray with you. Um, and I know all of our listeners are praying with you as well. So thank you for spending some time with us.
0: Thanks. It's been a pleasure.
1: Well, Aubrey, I told you it was going to be an insightful conversation.
2: Yeah, that was. She has so much wisdom to offer, and uh, I'm looking forward to reading this devotional that yeah. God wrote through her. It seems I know. Like.
1: I think it's going to be so helpful. And I thought what was really fascinating. I know we mentioned this. We camped on it a little bit in the conversation, but this idea that she wrote all of this prior to going through the the different things that she ended up going through, right? With this financial right. distress of COVID, yep. but then also this cancer diagnosis. Cancer. I mean, how? Um, how, how providential was it that God would have her write this, and then she is now mm-hmm. going through it, and now her own words or the Holy Spirit words through her is ministering to her. And as I was reflecting back on this conversation, I was thinking about the, especially for 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 content creators like you and I, uh, but yeah. even more if we if we broaden that for every single one of us, how uh, imperative it is for us to be receptive to when the Lord takes us through experiences and how mm-hmm. those experience in those experiences, He wants to impart wisdom into us. He wants to impart truth into us. He wants to grow us and strengthen our faith and give us the an understanding of His ways that are much deeper and, and broader and richer than what we would had we not gone through that experience right. so that we can then impart that to other people. So that yeah. we can then... But I think there's... So many times, I think we begin to, especially in our culture, we begin to kind of, you know, quote unquote re- retweet. Right? We'll we'll hear a great <laughs> phrase from a from a preacher, like or some yeah. pithy phrase, it's like, "Oh, wow, that's amazing!" And before it even gets down and absorbs inside of us, before we walk uh-huh. in that, before we really let it sink into our soul, we kind of start sharing it with other people. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs>
2: right before we've actually like internalized it or even like learned it ourselves.
1: Yeah, and you can tell. I remember. um we had a we had a guest on the podcast at one point to say that you can tell when a voice is an echo of another voice mm. because they haven't lived through what they're really talking mm. about, mm. and I think it's really cool that you know Shanti wrote this through some prior experience that she had walked through and some you know some difficulty, but she would even say that that difficulty pales in comparison to this new season that God has brought her through. And these experiences are giving her a richer and deeper understanding of even the truth that she was imparting to other people. It
2: is interesting how the Lord um, does that, right? Mm -hmm. That God, I I mean, you know, of course, God is like wisdom incarnate, right? But the fact that God planted this seed in her, and of course, she had things to share because of her life experience, but then kind of said, I'm going to, I'm going to like, Develop this thing in you yeah. even after the book is written, Right. and you're going to even have this message more materialized. I, there's mm-hmm. something really interesting about that to me. What mm-hmm. were you saying, Davy? I think I cut you off. Well,
1: how many times have you? I mean, you know, you, how many times have you gotten up and preached, and you're like, "Man, I'm I'm preaching this right now," but I lived it this week, right? <laughs>
2: I mean, I feel like every time, yeah. Right?
1: It's almost like every time God, he'll, he'll put this word in your heart, which is, I think some, you know, mm-hmm. it's very providential, he preps your heart, but then he takes you through the experience of that word so that yeah. you, so that you can better empathize with and impart that to other people. And, and I yeah. would say this is not just for content creators like you and I, this is not just for preachers. This is not just for writers. This is not just as, this. this is for everyone because every one of mm-hmm. us has a ministry. We all have yeah. some level of influence God wants to use us to impart wisdom into other people, but we're not going to be able to impart rich, true wisdom to other people unless we have walked with an experience in whatever it is that the truth is that God is embedding in our hearts.
2: I feel like, too, because we live in such a, like a fast-paced, instant gratification culture, and then mm. I think our Christian culture adds on top of that this sense that, like, we have to know the answers to everything, or we have to have learned our life lessons so that we can share with other <laughs> right, people. Right. S- um, it, those things are part of the slow movement of God, mm. right? Like God is not in a hurry, yep. which sometimes frustrates me. I want God to right, be more right. in a hurry. But I, I do think we have to allow kind of this Holy Spirit muscle that slows us down so that we can internalize whatever it is God is planting in us yeah. or... um. Uh, we're supposed to absorb, like you said, so that when we impart it, it truly is something that's deeply rooted in our souls. And not just like you were saying before, not just this echo chamber thing, Mm -hmm. but something we have actually lived. And that does require us to slow down. I think that also requires us um, to be okay with not having the answers all the time, right away. Yes, We have to go, you know, I'm in the middle of this journey right now. The Lord is teaching me about X, Y, Z I have some grains of what I see him doing but I don't know everything yet. Yeah, that's great. And that's okay. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, that's so good. You know, I think we've talked about this before but but God is a, a kinesthetic teacher, right? Which, hmm. which so there's different learning styles. There's auditory learning styles, there's visual learning styles, there's kinesthetic learning styles. Auditory is you learn well by listening, visual is you learn by seeing, you know, and then and then kinesthetic yeah. is you learn by experiencing. And they hmm. say that the best teaching style is to walk your students through experiences because that's what they'll remember. That's what they'll hold on to. Yeah, that's
2: what you hold on and to. I, yeah. I think
1: this is what God does in our life. That I mean, He tells us truth, right? He shows us truth in creation. We have visual, you know, representations, signs, and wonders creation stuff like that. Tells it to mm-hmm. us through God's yep. word, through you know, um, pastors, through counselors, through all. But what really gets it to stick inside of us is the experiences that we have. I'll never forget. This might Start seem here. a little off topic, but this is, this is how I attach it. I'll never forget hearing Donald Miller, right? He's, he's a, he was a, the writer of Blue Light Jazz, and he now has this organization yep. called um, um, Business Made Simple. It was StoryBrand. But he was doing a workshop, and he, he g- gets into this lecture hall of this college and this marketing class, and he stands up and he goes, um, I want to teach you today about marketing, and he goes, I need you to meet me out by the fountain in the front square. Come on. And so everybody, the, all the students stand up. They start walking out to the fountain. He gets up at the top of the fountain. He yeah. goes, the first lesson of marketing is that people will go where you tell them to go. You just got to tell them.
2: <gasps> oh, it's so good. It was a
1: brilliant teacher move. And of course, move. they all remember that. They were all like, oh that. my gosh, yeah. they remembered it because they walked it. They lived it. They experienced it, right? And I was like, that's a brilliant mm-hmm. teacher move right there. Oh, this is what God does for us. Yeah. He shows us. Yeah. This is what he did for the children of Israel. He walked them. Yeah. Through the wilderness, so that they it would get deeply ingrained in them who he is, so they would not forget it. Now they did forget it multiple times, but he wants us to remember as we do, (laughs) as we do as well, as we do as well. So be encouraged. As you're walking through this stuff, that's because God's imparting some seriously rich wisdom into your life.
2: Yeah. Um, There are other ways, of course, that we want to partner with you so that you can absorb the rich wisdom that God has for you. We have a lot of resources for you at Nothing Is Wasted, um, ways that you can partner with God so that you can begin to absorb what God has for you and then begin to impart it to other people. We have our Pain a Purpose course for churches and individuals that really is about Mm -hmm. that. And we also have certified guides for you that can walk you through your specific pain journey. We have community groups. You can find out all of the resources that we have for you at nothingiswasted.com. Yeah,
1: speaking of that, Aubrey, I'm going to kind of I'm going to beat a dead horse a little bit in this because Do um, one of the stories that I've heard multiple times now is someone who has gone through the Pain to Purpose course and then gone to their pastor and said, "Hey, I want to lead this course here." It has impacted me so much. Mm. There is a, a couple of churches down in Florida that we've just recently heard where that's been the story. That's how they've gotten connected to us. Is an individual went that's through, awesome. it, absorbed the material themselves, absorbed walking through it with you know the Lord taking them through the Pain to Purpose pathway, and then they said, "I want." to now instruct this or teach this or or facilitate this at my church. They've gone to their pastor and their pastor has contacted us. How cool is that? This is the whole, this whole concept we're talking about.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. And if they need volunteers to go to Florida and check that out, Stevie, (laughs) I'll be happy to go.
1: Someone has to suffer for the kingdom. Isn't that right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. No, I love that. I love that they're taking what they've learned and now they want to impart it to others. That's exactly what we're talking about.
1: We have some exciting things coming up, Aubrey, coming down the pike. uh, We've got Next week we've got a conversation with none other than Lisa Turkhurst. Uh, I think she, I mean we're bringing her back on the podcast. That. That's going to be so good. Uh, we immediately follow that up with our our birthday episode, our fourth birthday episode Q and A, where Christy so joins us. And then immediately after that, Christy is joining us again. She's actually joining you for a conversation about motherhood. I'm super intrigued to lean in and listen to that conversation. And that kicks off our parenting series. I mean, just exciting things that are happening at Nothing Is Wasted. And so we want to make sure that you are a part of all of that.
2: We also want to mention sleeping at last. Thanks to him for providing all of the music. You could find his music wherever you find your music. I just said music a lot of times in that <laughs> sentence, Davy, but it was uh, that's some face. great music for you to listen to. <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries at Davey Blackburn and at ObSamp. Next week, like you said, we have a very cool conversation with none other than Lisa Turkhurst. So let's go ahead and take a listen to part of that. The biggest thing that led to me writing this book is me coming with a kind of face-to-face understanding of my tremendous resistance in certain circumstances to forgiveness. I'm good at forgiveness if the emotional debt that's created between me and another person is a small debt, like if you inconvenience me or if you you know, um, say something hurtful or, or, you know, whatever, like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty go with the flow kind of person. So I could forgive easily in those, but when the emotional debt created is like a million dollar emotional debt. Um, that's when I dove into the Bible with a thousand hours of research, um, trying to figure out if there were exceptions.